and so I, I wrote the book 140 Life Lessons I Wish I Knew at 20 and so it's a it's a composition of basically aphorisms so every you open the book and every page minus the epilogue is one sentence alright and that's it so it's literally a 15 minute read and then I put it out on Apple Podcasts for free okay um, so anybody can listen to it anytime Hello and welcome to the Me Man Show. We are coming to you from our studios in Riyadh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And today our guest is a author and a former press secretary for the Saudi Embassy in Washington, D.C., Ms. Fatima Bashan. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Thank you, Hassan, for having me. It's, a, right. it's an honor and a privilege. Thanks. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And uh, so... You have authored a very interesting book with a very interesting title. It's called 140 Lessons I Wish I Knew at 20. Why did you decide to write this book and what inspired you uh, to create this guide to navigating life? That's a great question. So I wrote that book uh, during the pandemic. So I think the pandemic was a pause for a lot of folks, yes. not just me. It was the period of everyone's pet projects. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, for me, I describe it as a wrinkle in time. Yeah. SubhanAllah. I was a frontline journalist here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I took the opportunity, uh, I took that downtime mm -hmm. to just kind of pull back and self-reflect. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of writing and that's, a, that's kind of a, a cathartic way to process things for me. And so, um, in that evolution, um, I noticed in true consulting style, cause that's also one of my backgrounds, mm -hmm. uh, is I just took the takeaway from all of my kind of journaling yeah. different segments. And I thought to myself, wow, these are, um, I don't know how to say that in mm -hmm. English, but these are these are these priceless. Are, yeah, basically. Price, yeah, priceless. Uh, pearls of wisdom. Pearls of wisdoms and yes. guidelines to go by. Yes, and I and I thought to myself, wow, I wish I knew these when I was much younger. So I'm 45 now. At the time okay. when I wrote this, I was 42, mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, I wish I knew these in my 20s. All right. And so I don't have kids, and I thought to myself, this is what I'm going to leave behind. Okay. Uh, when the good Lord calls me home, God willing, it's a long time mm -hmm. away. Um, and so I, I wrote the book, 140 Life Lessons I Wish I Knew at 20. And so it's a, it's a composition of basically aphorisms. So every, you open the book and every page, mm -hmm. minus the epilogue, is one sentence. All right. And that's it. So it's literally a 15-minute read. And then I put it out on Apple Podcasts for free. Okay. Um, so anybody can listen to it anytime. All right. And uh, among those 140 lessons, which one holds the most significance to you personally? Which one is close to heart? Oh, gosh, that's really tough. They're yeah. all very um, well, close thing, to my if, heart. If you're on the main man show, we only ask tough questions. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pick one only. Yeah. One. Yeah. So... They're, all 140 of them are, are really precious to me. And I have to say, out of all the things that I did in my life, mm -hmm. this is the, the, the thing I'm the most proud of because it, it required a tremendous amount of vulnerability, which is very tough for me publicly. Okay. And so um, they're all really precious to me. But I would say uh, number one. Okay. Uh, and number 13 and then number 140. Right. So number one talks about basically embracing all of yourself. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with kind of Eastern philosophy, but basically 
yin and yang. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. That was in my head. I oh, swear I to didn't God. mean to steal it. Please, we <laughs> stole can. My, <laughs> stole my thunder. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Continue. But basically, you know how the black circle has a white dot, yeah. and the white circle has a black dot, mm-hmm. which basically means whatever you would perceive to be as uh, bad in totality has some elements of good. Good, yeah. And whatever you perceive to be good in totality has some elements of bad. Mm-hmm. And I think as you know, physical beings walking walking this earth. Um, yeah. We all have goodness in us, and we all also have um, other aspects to us that we have to kind of work through and learn to embrace. Yeah. And so that's the first lesson. Uh, I'll jump to the last one. The last lesson is uh, about basically no matter what happens in life, no matter what knocks you down, rest, mm-hmm. but get up and keep moving because yeah. life just continues. Yeah, life exactly. goes on. Life goes so on. It can be summed up in three words. It goes on, basically. Yeah. Uh, 13, I think is the most powerful, um, not just because I love that number, but because it Mm -hmm. talks about the differences among, um, I'm really big into semantics and words matter. And so it talks about the nuanced differences among self confidence, Mm -hmm. self worth and self assuredness. Okay. And so, so I'll start with self worth, um, or self esteem, excuse me. Self esteem is really about self worth. Okay. And self-confidence really stems from um, experience. Yeah. And then self-assuredness is really about trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so all, the, all three of these aspects, it, to me, is very important to come in t- from an internal space. Yeah. Because if it doesn't come from an internal space, then a person can incessantly seek external validation. Yeah. And that is just a rabbit hole yes. and a vortex that... Can never it's kind a disaster. Of, it's a disaster. Because you, you can never, you know, find validation through Exactly. That. Not, I think every human being, to some extent, needs a level of validation, but to mm-hmm. the point where it's incessant yes. for everything, it, it's, it's, it's just a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And so those three are really... But I encourage people to listen to... I mean, it's on Apple Podcasts, it takes like 20 minutes to listen yeah. to it. Um, and it takes maybe 15 minutes to read the whole book. All right. I mean, I see you and me have a lot of similarities. I, I'm I'm at peace with myself, my pros and cons, and what I'm what, what I find I'm good at or bad at, and uh, basically what the difference between being confident and arrogant is. And, yes. Yeah. So was, I'm I'm zen. Okay. <laughs> Let's good. Let's just put it that way. Good. I gotta tell you, that's <laughs> one of the lessons. One of the lessons I can't remember which one is, but okay. understanding the difference between mm-hmm. ego and confidence. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I must have been like your, your your telekinetic shadow writer while you were doing this. Oh, if you want to take that credit, <laughs> I'm not going to be the no, one to just, steal it from I'm, you. Go ahead. I'm just joking. You already stole my thunder earlier. I so apologize. I'm going to steal your thunder now. I apologize. All right. And and, and uh, so um, you, you said you come from a consulting background, right? So my background's in economic development, mm-hmm. management consulting, and public affairs. All right. But I somehow ended up being press secretary, which was a, a, a great opportunity. Yeah. I mean, let's, 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 let's dive into that a bit. So in 2017, you're, you're appointed as Saudi Arabia's first female spokesperson uh, for the embassy in, in Washington, D.C. Um, what important key changes did you uh, have to make uh, to have a big impact within that role? So I got to say, um, it was an amazing opportunity, but it, I, I can't really take the credit for um, impact as an individual. Okay. What I will say is that the role as 
press secretary didn't exist, and as far as I know, even in other public sector entities. Okay. And so coming in as a spokesperson, uh, it was very powerful. Forget first female or, or male, just first press secretary. Yeah, in general. In general, it was very powerful and impactful in itself as an institutional position because then uh, we started to see it in mm -hmm. other uh, public sector entities and other ministries, coalitions and whatnot. And yeah. so that for me, it was the powerful piece. And of course, now when I look around and I see so many uh, women uh, yeah. holding, uh, you know, many different, prominent positions, many from, prominent positions yeah. and also kind of speaking publicly on behalf of Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. I, for me, uh, makes me happy as a clown. Okay. All right. I mean, you, you feel that there is a rapid progress you know like in, in oh that, absolutely right? i mean it just and you know so i've been out of saudi since 2020 mm -hmm. um and so i i've you know been popping in and out for the last uh, i would say two months yeah. and it's just been it's incredible the just in the last three years so i was here in 2000 at the end of 2014 mm -hmm. worked on the announcement of the vision worked on the vision worked on the implementation of the vision and ntp and so seeing being here for that and then leaving and then coming back and then coming back and leaving again and coming back and seeing all the changes just in that short time frame as a sociologist is yeah. it's exponential okay uh, and it's really powerful so you, you and me have a similarity. So I'm a consultant. You know, I do communications advisory and consultancy. Okay. And I travel frequently. So just to touch on that point, I remember taking a three-month trip and then coming back to Saudi. And I felt Riyadh was very different in just a span of three months. It's crazy. Right? It's crazy how quickly mm. things have evolved. And, the, and, and I tell everybody, by the way, like, you think, you know, like the saying, you know, there's nothing faster than the New York Minute. Oh, gosh. I always they say, need come to try, try the Riyadh second. <laughs> try, come try the Riyadh second. Exactly. Yeah. It's really powerful. Um, it's really powerful to witness mm -hmm. in real time. Yeah. I mean, it's surreal. It's never going to happen again. This is unprecedented times we live in. But, exactly. You know, exactly. And, and, and you don't really feel it because you're, you're in it. But I think years from now, people will be looking at this as, as one of the biggest shifts a country has 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 done in such a short span of time right 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. so since you you know you travel around a lot and everything um and you know you've you've lived abroad and what's your view on how people generally see saudi women before and now Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to ask you the generic question. I know, but know, we're so. so past this yeah? point. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing. I mean, there, there's nothing left, really, for Saudi women. Every, there are plenty of opportunities in the country for mm -hmm. everyone. And yeah. you see women everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. they've gone up in the space. They're holding leadership positions. They're all skydiving. The the, they're skydiving. Yeah, I'm the, just naming uh, what my guests have done. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is just my empirical proximity, yeah. basically. Yes, exactly. Space is one of them, too. And so, I mean, I, I think we're so far beyond this question. I'm sorry. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to set you up for it, you know, just to, just to see. Maybe maybe somebody else still has that archaic image or, you know... Yeah, but I, 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 mean, I think we've surpassed other countries even. I mean, I think there was a recent uh, mm -hmm. regulation or law that was passed around gender parity uh, yeah. and salaries. And so, I mean... There are other countries around the world that don't even have that. So yeah. I think we're 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 good to go, right? It's 
we're well beyond this question, I think. <laughs> All right, okay. Then let's let's talk about the kingdom as a whole and international perceptions. Because oh, obviously you have... I mean, I, I always, you know, as a journalist, I always say that there is those who want to seek the truth and those who just turn a blind eye and don't want to see what the truth is. So... How do you feel it will take to shift international perceptions about the kingdom on a mass level? So, I got to tell you, um, just like we were saying a moment ago, Mm -hmm. Saudi has changed significantly, and that's clear. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that change has percolated uh, globally, perceptually. All right. Um. And I think uh, a lot of that is because, uh, frankly, you see it socioculturally. Mm-hmm. You know, the country's opened up in terms of tourism, open-mindedness, gender parity. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it economically. Sports. With everything. diversified investments, sports, mm-hmm. um, forward-looking sectors, uh, various elements. And even geopolitically, the, mm-hmm. you know, the country is now a global leader yeah. uh, on a leader in the global stage. Yes. So um, we've seen, you know, Saudi uh, continue to broker peace deals and advocate for peace. We've seen deepened engagement in uh, the Far East. Um, so we've seen various elements, including locally hosting global summits. Yes. Towards cooperation, dialogue, uh, alignments. So that those are all very powerful uh, and visual representation of the country's shift yeah. that percolates into perception. Um, so beyond that, I think the country has reached a stage to not necessarily focus on how are we being perceived. Yeah. And it's more around how do we perceive others and okay. with whom do we want to cooperate. Okay. That's where I think Saudi is right now, because uh, at this stage, it's a win-win mm-hmm. um, um, for for others to view Saudi as the the strong leader that it is. Um, in that regard, it's a matter of cooperations around common interests or common challenges and shared interests. And, right. and that's really it. And that, for me, is a beautiful trajectory. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a interesting um, way to put it. I mean, I always say that, you know, the kingdom has made so many uh, strides in further cementing its place on an international level that it was, you know, in a nutshell, we used to say we wanted a place, in the, you know, on, on the international arenas table to the point where, now we don't need one. We have our own table, exactly. so we're inviting people. Exactly, in, right? exactly, same, <laughs> exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Okay. Um, one thing I do want to highlight, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the the um, press secretary position. Okay. So, I got to tell you, <clears throat> I was grateful to have that role, mm-hmm. but my background is not comms. Okay. Um, as I, mean, I mentioned, you just said, yeah. Earlier. Yeah. So my background's not comms, but I have to tell you what I learned from that role is uh, communications. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the most important disciplines because 
a majority of the world's problems boil down to the fact that subject matter experts are not communication experts yes. and communication experts are not subject matter experts. Exactly. And that divergence creates a crap ton of problems. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and, that's very interesting because you know, you know what I tell everybody I work with and because I, I work for a lot of these projects and everything, I, I'm like... They're like, what, what, what's your role as communications? You know, what do you know? Uh, you know, like, how are you going to, let's say, enhance the health sector or the real estate sector or development and everything? I'm like, it's very straightforward. I'm a subject, subject matter specialist of nothing. Yeah. It's your job to tell me the story. Yeah. And my job to tell you how we can tell the story in an interesting way to the world. Right. You know, I'm like, it's very straightforward. So I'm like, the more you know about what you're doing, the interesting the more interesting i can articulate it for you but here's the thing about um effective communications yeah effective communications has to be anchored in authenticity and mm -hmm. so one of the things that i when i was appointed press secretary even leading up to that yeah i was adamant not to go into any kind of public speaking engagement mm -hmm. uh, on other people's terms uh, in terms of, okay, uh, oh, um, you know, Saudi would often get beat down for not being a democracy. Yeah. Saudi Arabia has a different political system. Exactly. It has we a never, different we, history. We, we never we, said we, we're a democracy. Right. We said we're a monarchy. So, you know? it, it, exactly. <laughs> and so, for me, it's all, it's all about having conversations mm -hmm. around context yeah. that's relevant to your market. Uh, yes. And that's, that, that's extremely important. So, authenticity is a huge piece. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I learned is that journalism is a business, yep. but journalists are human beings. Correct. <laughs> so uh, building relationships mm -hmm. with journalists as human beings was really important. And, yeah, and, of course. and ha just kind of having conversations, that piece was really important. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what really um, angers me, and anger is just fortified sadness. Okay. What angers me is the inherent biases in reporting mm -hmm. on I would say the Middle East in general and yeah. Saudi being um, in that bucket it's and so that that prejudice and that you know slanted view which yes. we you know see more than ever now in, mm -hmm. in the last you know three months uh, really hurts my heart because yep. that's a you can you can never win Okay. In that scenario, because the rules will change for you yep. as a yeah. as an other. Yes, and exactly. That, and that is is unfair. Mm -hmm. um, so you're gonna take me out of business because everything you just said is is, is kind of like the building blocks of how I, how how I do my day day work as as either a journalist or or a comms guy, and as as uh, far as authenticity, I'm all about authenticity it's, as, it's important and and that goes back to what you were saying there's prejudice in how people report about the region in general so i guess it would the beautiful what i think is really nice about having this kind of platform is i don't need to sell saudi for you exactly you know? i have people and their experiences telling you exactly. how they're living here and everything let people's experiences speak for themselves exactly you know exactly and that goes back to another question I was going to ask you because I have that way of thinking because I am a byproduct of East meets West, Saudi meets US. So are you. Yes. And, you know, how did that, you know, influence your, you know, 
how did your upbringing, you know, and the inf influence basically, you know, the work that you've done and and the relationship building between Saudi and and, and U.S. and and all that. So. I was born in Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, okay. and I was raised in Mississippi, cool. which is why I speak English with a bit of a Southern twang. Yeah, and my, all my Saudi friends love it. <laughs> so. well, I tell my friends I'm the rowdy Saudi who likes to say howdy. That's so, that's so funny, <laughs> so. basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when I think what got me interested mm -hmm. in the narrative piece, um, I, so... I grew up in the U.S. I'm 45. I just turned 45 a couple of months ago. I spent 35 of my 45 years in the United States. Right. Um, and I came back to Saudi uh, to work. I popped in with the World Bank, and then I moved here, worked on the announcement, a prequel to the vision, the fiscal reform announcements, and yep. then worked on the vision and the visions announcement, et cetera. When, when we were working on the fiscal reform announcements, mm -hmm. that's what piqued my interest around the narrative because I noticed that what we were um, sending out in terms of messaging around the fiscal policy reform wasn't taking uh, in the international media space. And I okay. thought it was really interesting as to why. All right, well, let's get out of the business realm in you know, your work and writing. So, you know, like what, what, what kind of hobbies, pastimes, what do you do when you're not working? Basically? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, love, I like watching movies. So I'm just trying to get you, get the ball are rolling. Great, movies are a great escape mm. uh, mechanism. Yeah. Um, but I love writing. Mm -hmm. I love hiking. Uh, I also like roller skating. Really? <laughs> yes. Roller but skating. I'm, but I'm risk averse, which you can't really tell. But I am risk averse, so I'll have to wear a helmet and like knee pads. <laughs> okay, so you're not one of those people that go to the roller disco. Right? No, I'm not a roller disco person. All right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically it, and just kind of uh, uh, relaxing and spending time with my chosen family, which are my friends. Okay. Uh, that's basically. And you guys it. hang out. What do you guys do? Barbecue. Yeah, basically, yeah. we either go to the desert, mm -hmm. um, a barbecue, go to the beach. Mm -hmm. uh, I love to walk. Yeah. Walking helps me process. Yeah. And so I'll drag my friends with me to go right. for a walk. Yeah. Did you have any good southern brisket yet in Saudi? I mean, there's lots of them. Do you know what the, the interesting part is? The best southern barbecue, southwest barbecue I've had yeah. is here in Riyadh. Is it, is it uh, Korean or is it from is oh. it Saudi? It is from the southwest of the U.S. and it's here in Riyadh. Saudi You're kidding! Yeah, That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Everything is here. Yeah, exactly. Everything is here. Uh, the Spanish Liga is here now. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, and um, so um, before we wrap up the interview, I always ask my guests this, this question. Everyone has a personal message for my audience. What's yours? I would say make room for other people mm -hmm. and and why is that um i think oftentimes uh human beings can look at life in a binary way mm -hmm. um and oftentimes it can be a zero-sum game perspective okay. that if this person wins and i lose yeah uh, and i just encourage all of us to have a far more expanded purview uh mm -hmm. and um in terms of cooperation and just making room for everyone to yeah. help contribute towards the country's long-term long-term aims. The other thing that I would encourage everyone to do is to live spherically. Okay. So if you're a minister and you love to paint, go paint. 
Okay. It doesn't take over, it doesn't dilute the fact that you're a, a minister. minister. Right? Yeah. yeah. If you're whatever, working as an accountant, mm -hmm. uh, have a nighttime talk show, yeah. be a nighttime talk show podcast host. I mean, just yeah, listen. If you're a comms advisor for, you know, Vision 2030 projects, it's okay to moonlight as, as, as a podcast yeah. show host and yeah. speak to an author. Live, live spherically. <laughs> live spherically. It yeah. can be very powerful. All right. Okay. That's, that's it. That's, that's some good advice. As, yes. as always, follow your passion. Yes. You never know where it leads you, right? That's very true. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, 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 and uh, we won't take much of your time. You've, you, you've been... Uh, good sport, and you, you, you've put up with my harassment for, for a couple of, <laughs> for this interview. You've been very generous. You've been a very great host. Thank you so much. Ah, well, well we, I appreciate having you on, on the show. And before we wrap up, did you ever see the show before? Uh, I looked at a few uh, recently. Yeah? <laughs> and I saw, I saw some on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. And what made you want to come on when you saw it? I thought it was a great platform that mm -hmm. served uh, as an inspirational source. All right. And well, just a great way to, to share for people to share their stories to help other folks uh, yeah. be more comfortable. All right. Well, I'm going to go home with a smile on my face because my show is inspiring somebody. So good to me. I just sit there and say these poor suckers have to listen to me banter for for a good 30 minutes. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, well, you know, it's all the time that we have for this interview. We could do this all night. I mean, you're, you're fun conversation. Thank you. But uh, we got places to be and, and uh, books to, future books to write, I guess. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Like. All right. And uh, be sure to stay tuned to the Mayman Show. See you later. <laughs>